Good morning. You're at another New Content Morning Black. I have two guests with me this morning. Hello. Uh, uh, not not guests, but engineer and then guests. Let's say hello to Byron Martin. Byron Martin, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing this morning, Greg? Good, good. And Vanessa, welcome back. Good to see you again. Good to see you all. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right. We are Morning Black. WVLP 103.1 on your FM dial. I'm your host, Greg Jones. We're going to have another product, uh, productive conversation and provocative conversation regarding the African-American community. This morning, we're going to talk about what is the choice and between freedom and success? What is the choice between freedom and success? What do you think? First of all, I, from what I'm hearing, people are saying that uh, we need to give a definition about with these two terms, freedom and success. So let's start off there, folks. Um, yeah. What is what is the difference between freedom and, and success? Um, I think, uh, you know, I think we can sometimes juxtapose. I think there's this construct of American freedom, or I mean, American success, that we talk about the American dream and it's, and it's in, in, inculcated in those terms. And that's what we choose as the pinnacle of success, right? Like um, on the baseline is the, um, it's the house, the, you know, the, the, the wife, the, the two and a half kids, the white picket fence, and, and that's success, right? Like the, 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 Beamer or Benz in the in the in the in the driveway and and um, you know kids in the private schools and you have the economic freedom to do what you want. Um, that's what a lot of times is called success, right? That's you made it. You know, you got your degrees so on the wall. Primary material is that what you're saying? Is, is, it's about it's, stuff. I think it's a high value on materialism. But I think it's also a high value on social um, progression, status. right? Like, can okay. can I? Yes, can I make the social status right? And the material gives you the ability to make the status moves. Um, it allows you to be in the circles. It allows you to be in spaces where um, decisions are getting made for other people um, instead of you being on the flip side, where decisions are made by people in the room that you're not in. Okay. Okay, Vanessa, do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that um, Byron kind of laid out what it is to where we attain these um, socioeconomic statuses. And a lot of times what we go into higher education for it is to attain a higher level of status um, to be respected. And it's also um, I was just in a conversation with someone recently that was talking about um, to obtain money. It's not just about getting money um, or the materialism, but it's more about the the power that you get with money because you get the chance to move things around. You get the chance to make decisions and you're not hindered by um, not having the resources to make the decisions that you want to make. So being able to choose to put your children in private school, being able to choose which neighborhood you'd like to live in, um, being able to choose to even purchase a house. <laughs> uh, all of that is kind of driven by um, money. So we see that as successful um, in our current society. That's that's what we deem as successful. And we often um, align that with what it is to be free or to have liberty or freedom in this in the context of America. Now, now I, I want to be clear on this. Are you all saying this is the aspiration that maybe not all of African-American community pursues, but certainly a great portion of it? 
this kind of success? I I, I think so. I mean, I think I I mean we just to to quote uh um the uh you know ur urban philosopher from north of the border um who said I want the money, the cars, the clothes, the the, the hoes. I suppose I just want to be successful. You know, Drake. You know, he coins the money, cars, clothes. Those are the things that equate to success, right? And I think when we think about uh, the voices that we are encountering, it's always alluding to some type of social or financial upliftment as being successful. And I think um, that is one of the major trappings inside of our capitalistic society is the 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 form that for us success means that you are structured inside of this this picture this 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 way of being how does that connect to our identity as african-american people in the diaspora um brought here in change to to you know build up this country and you know continuing to be exploited and oppressed how does that fit within inside the identity of who we are as an African people in the diaspora, that 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 definition. Well, I think if we if we take the sociological concept of um, Cooley's looking glass self, right? So it, that concept talks about how our identity is really built in how other people see us. So if we so since we were taken from. Um, our origin land, and then we were taken through the transatlantic passage and then plopped into this capitalistic system that was built off of what you can do to, um, to generate resources, to generate wealth for other people, then the idea and the notion of what it was to be successful on this land was wrapped around that. And so when you, um, you know, you have generations and generations of people that are locked into this system and then they get to be freedmen, the first thing that they're thinking of is the way to be freedmen um, in the context of America is to have your own, to have your own property, to farm your own land, to um, to be able to marry your own children, to, I mean, marry your own children, sorry, to marry your own spouse and, and birth your own children and raise them um, yourselves. But all of those things were kind of connected to what was ascribed to them as being free, as being um as being successful in this country. So it was less about um, whatever they already, like whatever the generations prior had known was successful as far as like um, maintaining a community um, and doing whatever they were supposed to do within that society. They were kind of put into this capitalistic society and, and given different rules to the game of success. Um, and so I think that's where all of those, that's where the origins or the birth of those ideas come from is, um, is how we perceive ourselves through the eyes of another person. It's that looking glass. Um, that's why I brought up that sociological concept because that's often how um, we operate and how we, um, how we move throughout this society. How does that become a problematic though when we try to define the notion of freedom uh, in our community, in society, what what kinds of pathology or problems uh, emerge with that definition in relationship to our notions of what it means to be free? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll let Byron speak, but I guess the first thing that came to my mind is it wasn't an identity that we created. It was an identity that was given to us. So we had we lived into it. 
um, but it didn't come from what was naturally ours um, because we were we were pretty much in a foreign land and given a different set of rules. And so I think that that we kind of see the ramifications of that um, just because we're always constantly trying to grapple with what is our identity is why people take those DNA tests is why people take trips to Africa is why people try to trace back their ancestry and try to figure this out because um, we are always kind of in this identity crisis, so to speak, trying to figure out who and what we are, what we are and what we're supposed to be because the system that we do live in, we only thrive to a certain extent. So that begs the question, are we really living in a, in the space that we're supposed to be living in? I don't know. We kind of question that all the time. Yeah, I, th I think that's, that's, that's where things get explicitly complicated because as we seek to define freedom, the question then becomes, can we define freedom in the current context, right? Like, is 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 freedom something that can happen inside of the American context for, uh, you know, folks that are products of the diaspora, the African diaspora? And so I think that's, that's a very hard question. I, now, if I was going to try to define it in this context, I would have to define freedom as the ability to operate holistically um in one's cultural self a hundred percent of the time while also being and having the ability to gain uh the effective communal social upliftment so can oh you gotta can break you, that down brother that, yeah that, that, no that, no no yeah yeah that's a little can, too complex can, you know i I, can, I need some help with that one can i be can I be me and be my cultural me 100% of the time and still grow and still be seen and still operate as 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 a leader and as somebody that um, uh, asserts and has their value in this um, in this context, right? Like, can I can I be me and and still grow the way I want to grow, or will me asserting my cultural identity with me being black my my black my idea of what it is to be black for byron will that get me cut off um murdered socially physically emotionally economically. spiritually economically in this culture I, I if i can't be me then i can i am i can i truly say that i'm free is is this the struggle we we are confronting today in American culture, American society? Is this is this the the prime root of the of of the problem? Oh, I, th I think I think this is the juxtaposition of wanting to be successful and 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 wanting to be free. Right. I think this is the juxtaposition. Right. Like I, I don't uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think this is the pool that most black people are, are are dealing with and and which one is which which way should you go right which way which which one are you supposed to choose right are you is it a parallel path where you try to do both and so you end up in this um schizophrenic ping pong match between freedom and success right or um do you get as far as you can on one and say, hey, I, I, I did what I can. Now I'm sacrificing the rest of that so I can go do the other. 
some people would say um, they're, they're tired of others determining what those ought be that uh, you know they're tired of somebody setting a false lens of, or a false criteria in terms of their success you know that they they want they want to have the the freedom to be able to say i want to determine what is successful for me as it relates to the quality of life the dignity of life the personhood that i pursue as an individual in this culture and i can't do that i can't do that by chasing the cars and the dogs and the women and the whatever it is that people think they need to to chase in order to be free you know that they feel that they feel that that whole process that whole notion is a distortion and a devaluation of their humanity well, I guess the question is, is when they get to that point where um, there's a realization that, that that's a distortion, is that a question of them um, wondering if those things are actually real or if they actually bring you happiness? Um, and where do those ideas come from? Like, where, where did that generate? Like, why do we think that these are the things um, that we're supposed to, you know, try to attain? And then it's kind of looking over at, um, the white dominant culture and the people that we think have these things um, and where did they get the stuff from? Did they go out and work for it? <laughs> are, they, are they breaking their back and their neck to do it in the same ways that we would be breaking our back to do it or was it given to them or there, was there an inheritance? Was there you know some type of um, some type of government social program that kind of helped them get you know help generations before them um, get get some things and then they can kind of generate some generational wealth or whatever the case may be. It's kind of like, those are the types of questions I think that people end up grappling with trying to figure out like, um, where do we, where do we, where are we, where are we even in this? And like, how do I just define uh, success on my terms? Because this acceptance of what's the larger, um, larger notion of success that's been prescribed. I don't know if I'll ever attain that. And I don't even know if that's what I really want. Um, like, have we gotten a chance to make the decision on what we actually want? Because I think most Black folks want to be fully who they are and wear their hair the way that they want to wear their hair and not have to be questioned about any of it or whatever their skin color is or however their, um, you know, their Southern dialect. I've gone through that. Um, like, however they talk or Ebonics or whatever. I think I saw recently some conversations about Ebonics kind of resurfacing Um is it Yale or Harvard? One of the one of the major schools um, are trying to change in the English department um, in in um, solidarity with the new Black Lives Matter movement that they won't push for um, English in the same way that they will accept other people's um, the way that they communicate or whatever the case may be. Symbolism, we can talk about that another time. But <laughs> but you know, it's like that that what we're trying to break through and just be who we are. Um, and have that be just accepted for who we are. So, cause, so then you get to this place where you're trying to figure out, like, why were we accepting these other ideas and these other notions? And did we come up with this stuff in the first place? Yeah, I, I think we, I think that that's an important question, right? Like, so is is the backbreaking sacrifice being made on, on both sides or is it just uh, a reality for Black people in the American context? I, I, I don't know, right? Like, or or has one 
like or to or to be American, right? Does it mean that you have to make the uh, original sacrifice, right, of culture anyways, right? So I you know I wonder if maybe there are other populations or groups of people and and we can look at this from a sociological lens of Vanessa, but like we can look and a sociological anthropological lens and, and say, hmm, I see that, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the Polish made a, 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 a very interesting um, sacrifice of culture in order to be um, inserted into the American context. I, I see where, um, you know, insert the Italians and the Greeks. And the, I see there was a very clear cultural sacrifice that served as an admittance into the uh, American uh, structure, right? And so my question then becomes, um, one, can black people make that sacrifice? I don't know. Um, and, and, and would it be considered enough? I don't know. Number two, um, would we want to? Are we the last bastion of people that can preserve some type of cultural relevance um, to redeem uh, the American sickness that has called for the sacrifice of culture? That's a fascinating perspective. That's a fascinating perspective. People in history have raised that issue before. Leon Trotsky asked that question uh, about he he essentially said that the Negro is the vanguard, the 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 only group of people who can change that perspective in a significant way. We are uniquely positioned in order to redetermine and redefine what that valuation is to be a more equitable valuation. But it appears instead that we have opted to participate more fully in the capitalistic culture. Well, I think that what, what makes America um, what it is, is we market well. <laughs> the country markets itself is like, this is what everybody else wants to be. And this is what everybody else wants to do. And they do this patriotism and they throw all this stuff at you, all this propaganda. Um, you kind of buy into it because it's constantly flooding your senses um, and what you watch and what you hear and what you see um, and all that kind of stuff. So then if you have a different idea or if you're trying to hold on to a culture, um, because somewhere along the way in the ethos, you've been told that this is supposed to be the great American melting pot and that this is supposed to be a land where all thing, all of these things are accepted and they can coexist. Um, you're trying to hold on to it. You kind of end up losing some of it because there's this dominant narrative of, you know, we're all one country. Look at the red, white, and blue USA. We are the number one. Like It's just, you know, constantly, constantly, constantly being pushed at you. Um, and it's kind of hard to fight back against that um, sometimes, you know, especially if they're talking about like in a military context, in an education context, which is not true really anymore currently, um, or in an economic context, right? Like we, we're constantly being told and people like to be on the winning side, so to speak. How, how many people, come on, be honest with me now, how many people do you have conversations with that, that talk seriously about freedom and success in these ways? 
where they are redetermining and reevaluating their relationship based on the kinds of things that we've discussed here today. I mean, 99% of the conversation is around how do you get this stuff that's out here? You know, that's that's most of it. Now, I, now can I get more stuff for my family? Can I get more stuff for myself? You know, how do I network so that I make sure that everybody gets their quote piece of the pie? But if the pie is a distortion, it's a narrative distortion, how do we reach our humanity, our full humanity by just simply buying into the distortion? And that's and that I think that's that's the crux of the that's the crux of the the, the juxtaposition between success and freedom, right? That's that's the crux is like how do you how, how what is the humanity inside of this juxtaposition right like if if success is what i'm told i need to do to be american to make it here right to be seen as having value and freedom is where i fully determine my own value right is where i fully live out and determine my own value um then which one do I choose, right? Do I choose to be human or do I choose to be told that I'm a human? And that is almost, that's the bizarre thing that happens in the mind, right? We have folks that just want to at least be told and be seen is saying, and, and this is, I think the, the plight of black people is that I, I at some level, I am tired of being hated i just i want to have feelings of care and of love uh, holistically right from from everything and this uh, freedom says eh, if you're gonna be human right if you're gonna really live out your humanity then you're not always gonna be liked, and you just need to be all right with that at some level and i think that's that's the fight that's i think that's the fight and i think that's why um most people choose the the pathway going towards success and i'm using quotes you know air quotes here going towards success versus the uh pathway going towards freedom is because as vanessa said the um the 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 advertisement for success makes it look really really good it makes it look it makes it look awesome but then uh, the advertising freedom is like, hey, you better get it yourself, you know, in some ways, right? Like, like we can't give you your freedom, right? Like, in some ways, you have to own it and take it. What What's and the so, difference between just posing on the auction block and negotiating our, uh, as you said, our price, negotiating our value? What's the difference between just posing on the auction block and then, or, or, or saying, nope, nope, I'm not getting up there. What I will do is, you know, I will, I will negotiate my own value and apply my own value to my own pursuit of freedom. What's the difference between those two things when we talk about success and freedom? Ownership. Ownership. That's that's the difference. The difference is, in my opinion, and is is ownership, right? If I if, if I can go speak on my own behalf, that means that I know that at some level I own 
my being. I own myself inside the context, right? So I'll give I'll give this example, right? Like the uh, you most folks, if they're working a, a nine to five, whatever. Let's just use some insert fast food chain or insert you know hourly wage job here, right? They don't get to negotiate that hourly wage rate and wage, right? They 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 come in and saying this is what an hour is worth. Your hours is worth this much to us. This is what this is what your hour is worth, and you can take it and have a job, or you can leave it, right? And but a contractor, somebody that owns their own business, can come and say, "Here's what my hour is worth. If you want me to do work for you." you will pay me what I'm asking for or no deal, right? I still have my own contracting business. I still have my thing that I can offer, right? And I go and I try to engage with somebody else that would want to, um, you know, pay the value, right? And so are you I saying, think that's the difference. Are, are you all saying that black and brown people have this option? I think more I think more black and brown people are fighting for that option. Black and brown people had that option um after emancipation during you know like you know a short period of reconstruction uh, but then it was kind of stripped away shortly thereafter um in all these systems and structures that were built um after the civil war whatever the case may be. But I I do think that um you know, that that ownership is what we're all looking for. Um, but I guess my question to that is, what about those that don't aren't necessarily entrepreneurial in nature, right? Like those folks that um, may be the ones that work for somebody else. Like, you know, like what, you know, that that's like their natural thing. It's like they work under someone else or they work in tandem with someone else and all that kind of stuff. Like where do they find their space of freedom? Is it just in still offering them that negotiating power um, where they can say, I am worth this and I um, will only work this amount of hours or whatever the case may be. So they don't follow this prescribed, um, you're supposed to work nine to five or you're supposed to work this shift or that shift or this is the minimum wage and that kind of thing. Like what, what do you do with those folks? Well, if you, you don't get to, to negotiate if you're posing on the auction block. Yeah, true, true. If but you, I mean, but if you're, all you, you get to say is, "I can I stand? Can, can I stand? Can you want to see the front of shot, or do you want to see the side, or do you want to see the back?" That's all you get to do on the auction block. You don't get to say, "This is what my value is. This is this is this is what I'm willing to work for, and this is what I'm not willing to work for." Not on the auction block. But are you posing on the auction block, as in like you stepped up there? Or is someone putting you on the auction block because they have the power over you? They own you. Well, I think that's where the the, the, the power over you that forces somebody to that auction block position is is this, right? Like, can I take care of my basic needs? Do I own um, uh, what I need to take care of myself, right? And I think that's the that's that's the piece, right? Like, so the. The difference between success and freedom is is highly nuanced, but it's built on ownership, and especially and we and and let me say this: to a certain extent, you have to have ownership to get out of the capitalistic society to perpetuate freedom. 
right? You can't you can't go from you can't go from slave to um, free if you don't own anything in a capitalist society. And so even to get to the point of freedom so that we can then say, I'm out of this capitalistic society, you have to go from slave to owner to free. I so mean, then capitalism is the catalyst into, is that what you're saying? Like that, that is the, that's the springboard into freedom? Cause we are you, like, we have to use capital. And, and, and what do you say? Well, okay, answer that question, Byron. But also, um, I have a question that I want to ask as well at some point. <laughs> no, I think, okay. So I, I think I think capital is the springboard, but I think one of the things that we have to unpack, right? So between these juxtapositions of success and freedom, right? I think the one thing that we have to be willing to fight with and that we have to be willing to wrestle with is the simple fact that most people choose success because they want to be and be well, right? They want to be like fulfilled, right? Like they the freedom. Well, they want to be accepted. Isn't free, right? Like, I, but freedom isn't free, right? Like, there is an individual cost, and the sacrifice for that freedom is oftentimes too much for what people aren't willing to pay because that sacrifice comes in terms of social sacrifice, it comes in terms of economic sacrifice, it comes in terms of sometimes um, social sacrifice of positioning, right? And so to be free means this sacrifice. To be successful means, um, it, it means sacrifice too, but it means sacrifice of that view of being free. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you you, you, you live in a world where there, people might, I mean, you got Nat Turner's, you got Denmark Vesey's, you got, you got, you know, Gabriel Prosser's, you got Harriet Tubman's, you got Mary McLeod Bethune that says, well, I'll start my school in a damn garage before I will, you know, deal with anything that you, you, you determine success. And she was called a failure. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you got people uh, of color who have made the sacrifice to determine their own ownership at the cost of their success. Yeah. And so the question is, the question is, I think everybody has to answer the question is, which thing do I want to sacrifice? My question is, I'm, I'm back to Vanessa. How, do, how does the everyday person how does the, the, the grill worker at Mickey D's? Yeah. How, do, how does the the, the 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 wiper in the car wash, right? And the chicken factory worker get the information that we're talking about? Or is this again a high atmosphere, stratosphere kind of conversation? How do how does this conversation reduce down to everyday people? I yeah, think, I think, I think that was kind of my question too. Go ahead, Byron. That was kind of where I was, where my question generated yeah. um, when I was talking well, about entrepreneurs versus those that are workers that work for the others. But I think it's a question. I mean, I was in the I was in the shop getting my my dreads retwisted the other day, right? And so I think one of the things that um, we were very clear on in that in that space was, you know, who's working. There was a, there was a young man in that space and. Um, he had a he had a choice, right? Like so, one of the things that he was he was dealing with, he wanted to be off doing some stuff in the summertime. The pools had just opened up, 
and he's 14, 15, so he was making maybe like $200 a week, right? And, but he, like, he wanted to go, you know, be in the pools with the other kids, right? And so he was like, you know, skipping off work in the shop and different things like that. And they were like, dude, you're making good money for a 14, 15 year old, $200 a week, right? You're pulling in about a thousand a month, like, you know, 800 to a thousand a month. That's not bad for, 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 you know, for a 14, 15 year old. And, and it was, it was helping him to see that, you know, that sacrifice of that social time and that social arena dedicated to his space would put him in a situation socially and financially where he could then make his make his own way and make his own decision right he he would have more decisions if he was dedicating that time to making sure that he was able to own uh the rest of his time own some of these other pieces but his decision was saying, oh, I want to be social. And I think that when we put that in, in, in context, right, when you're working for somebody else, right, I think you understand that the one of those trade-offs is that there's some things that I get to go hands off on. Like, I don't have to worry about, right? Like, it's, it's easy, right? I don't have to worry about these things, right? I, I go and you know, uh, a check is going to come in because I, I gave my time, right? When you're on your own, when you're in own, when you're on your own, O-W-N, you're owning something, right? Like, I think the, the piece becomes you're going to have to push and create and produce your own, right? And I think that takes more power, that takes more energy. So how does somebody go from go from hitting the fryer and or doing what I used to do, which is you know, busting the suds the bus boy, right? Like how do you go from bus boy to, you know, to uh, a level of, of, of ownership and, and understanding? I think first you have to put yourself in spaces where people are talking about it. Now, where are those spaces? I, like I said, I was in the shop. I was in the shop and it was, it was, it was a part of conversation. So I think it, it's, it's, it's a, I don't want to think that these conversations aren't happening in 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 those levels, right? I don't want those folks to say, "Oh, no, these are only high intellectual conversations." They're not. Like they are happening. Like people are talking about these things, right? They're using different terms, right? Like they might be using different a different vernacular to get there, but they are talking about these things every single day, right? I think the flip side is who's giving access to create um their own right like so are there folks that are free that are saying hmm there are some other folks that might want to be free too let me let let me be the harriet tutman of the modern day freedom conversation what what do you say to what do you say to young people in particular that say you know i get i don't want to pose on the auction and i get that this notion of success that you you are claiming is something that we need to have by ownership, but this country didn't do it legally, and I don't feel obligated to do it legally. Yeah, that's a hard one, right? Because that's, that's a, a hard point. one. Because yeah. <laughs> that's a good point, but it's also, I guess, everybody has to make the decision of um, do they want to become what they're fighting against. So, are you going to, you know? 
utilize the same tactics that have dominated you or that you feel as um, has created these conditions or are you going to try to do something else um that hey, looks a little bit different young people say y'all doing it y'all using y'all utilizing the same the same structures to 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 fight for your freedom i'm just simply taking it to it's obvious conclusion right. what works for me right i think I think my statement to them was uh, would be very simple. Can you inoculate your freedom? So, like, can, like you're using these means to get there, right? But w so, would you have to maintain those means to stay Make, there? To stay there, so is it and, if, and if you have to maintain yeah. those means to stay there, can how can you ensure that you will remain free? Like, I think that's the can't they ask the same question of us? No, I think they 100% can, right? Mm -hmm. I think they 100% can. Like, how, how do you codify your freedom, right? Just because you choose that way doesn't mean you get to stay that way, right? Come on. The, there was always patrol officers um, trying to come and take somebody's freedom away, right? Like, you might have got your freedom. You might have got to the north, but just that didn't mean you get to stay. You better, you better keep moving. You ain't made it to Canada yet. And so I think the, the conversation is about, so how do you maintain your freedom, right? And I think that's where you you get in this interesting thing. I think everybody's got to choose their own way, but in choosing that way, people better know that um, the the thing that you don't want to have to do, if you can keep from it, is is having overexposure in terms of uh, your freedom methods. Wow, so I mean, but but let's go, let's take a trip back to history just for a minute. Isn't that what Black Wall Street was about? I mean, they, they they weren't trying to flip the world. They basically was just trying to build their wealth, and they were trying to, you know, you know, uh, inoculate themselves from the kinds of issues that were keeping them from pursuing their few humanity. It got burned down, folks. I know. And if, blow if I it could up. Go back, if I could go back in time, I, I would tell them, "Hey, y'all need to put a bubble around this joint and make okay, it invisible, like what kind of military, right? Like, like, because <laughs> I, 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 I think that, like, like that is is the jealousy of having more millionaires per capita in um, the night the the nineteen teens, right? In in that Greenwood area." More they have more millionaires per capita there than they did in New York, and so one of the one of the things that was frustrating for folks is like, how are they doing better than us? How is that? And so that that produced a level of violence against them, um, and so the the question then becomes though, how, yeah, how do you how do you once you're free, like how do you stay free? How do you maintain that? How do you hide what you have from those that would want to take it from you, and then how do you protect it and codify it? Or, I think that's or, a battle. Or why do I have to be worried about violence if I pursue success? If I become I, successful, why well, I got to worry about somebody being ticked off because I'm doing well and trying to hurt me? They mad because I got a new car. They mad because, you know, I, I, I'm doing well. I, I'm pursuing my I'm pursuing my goal of freedom. And I'm I'm I have gotten this juxtaposed kind of notion down pat, and then somebody come after me with a gun because I want a job. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 
I mean, I think we're we're we. I think that because black people, we do race. We know what this is. We have to be aware as a means of survival. So I think that we we. On some level, most of us, some of us may not, but a large majority of us do some level of risk assessment and just kind of be like, hey, I got to do something. Like, <laughs> because I think if you um, if you operate in full fear and just never um, attain anything or try to go after anything or try to um, even um, go after your own freedom or autonomy um, or ownership, um, then they've won. And some folks have just made up their mind that they just cannot win. Like my life is going to be my own and I can't let them win. If they're going to kill me, they're going to have to kill me on the way trying to do something. Um, and I think that even those legendary examples you mentioned earlier, like a Nat Turner um, or several others, they made that decision. That, that was them making the decision to say that I'm going to pursue life even if it kills me. Um, and that's a that's an internal battle that we all face. Some people choose the successful path because they don't want to die. And they think that that is the safe way for them not to die or not to get killed. So if I just don't do too much, if I just play along, get along, if I drive my Toyota um, Corolla and just, you know, punch in or whatever, when I'm supposed to be there on time and all that kind of stuff, I just don't bother them people. Maybe just maybe they won't kill me. But so, some people, they like, nah, I'm going to go and get whatever I want. These white people just going to have to be mad. <laughs> right, right. M my question that I want us to kind of to deal with to maybe, you know, maybe put more legs to this is then, so what's the future like? Uh, I mean, is the risk assessment always going to be what it is? Or is there some type of end game to the process of being able to deal with success and freedom in America? Or is this always, will your children's 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 children be having to make these same kinds of choices and decisions? I think if the old adage is true that history repeats itself, that this is just, this is what we have to accept. This is how it's going to be. Like we will be in this cycle. Um, I, we can have hope. I mean, hope is what's going to keep us moving. Hope is what's going to keep us going. Um, we're going to fight for things to be better, but those be that better is going to be marginal and so like our children's children's children are going to have to deal with some level of it because it's embedded, embedded in the fabric of this country unless we're just going to redo america like literally pull it up from the roots and say this tree is no longer it's, this tree is rotten we gotta like redo this um i don't know how we get to any other outcome unless we just continue to prune and prune and prune and prune until the tree can grow the way it's supposed to grow yeah, I don't think you can grow a healthy tree with bad roots. So I think no, you, you can't. Um, I, I think one of the things that is it is it always going to be this way? I think this is always. If we're talking about in the American context, one of the things that we're going to exist with is the fact that America is very clear on who and what it values, and because of that clarity, if freedom is going to be achieved, especially by Black people in the American context it's going to come at the aggressive price of uh, having to protect said freedom, right? Or at the price of having to um, be in competition, whether that's physical competition or social competition for success, right? And so none of those, neither one of those are going to be given, but I think 
the the difference, like I said, the difference is the juxtaposition is inside the success game. Like you're in, you're in competition, right? You're in competition because people uh, people want what you have, and they're going to want what you have. That's 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 part of the the the, the fight of success is that you have to prove that you're the best at getting what you need and what you want, right? Like you have to be you have to be the best, right? And who's ever the better, who's ever the victor, they're gonna get the stuff. On the flip side. Um, freedom says, you know, you're in a context where mm, we don't we don't necessarily like freedom. Now, the, the folks that are choosing not to be in the competition, that are choosing not to be in that rat race, one of the things that ends up happening is uh, it says we don't like that. That's not normal. That's not status quo. And if it's that different, we need to attack it because that's endangering the status quo. That's endangering getting to that other place. That's endangering the system that um, serves as foundational for us moving forward. And so I think that's what we're dealing with on either side of those those items. Well, this experiment in democracy is being looked at pretty hard in the global community, is it not? I mean, I think people were saying, you know, how we, we're not sure America is a healthy place to emulate in terms of their version of democracy, especially in, in places like Africa, right? Like the continent of Africa where, where, where people are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. It doesn't have to be done this way. There are other ways that we can relate to one another that is far less hard on humanity in relationship to goods and services what people need our understanding of wealth and success and freedom that we don't necessarily the world does not have to be like america like the usa that's more and more a, a conversation that's coming to play in the global community i mean now the question i'm asking is in with that reality how does the african-american community in america in the usa begin to respond? I mean, how do we fit in that larger context, you think? You're listening to WVLP 103.1 on your FM dial, and this is Morning Black. Um, I, I know we kind of took a pause there, um, trying to think through it, because I, I think that's that's where most black people are right now is um, we understand the country that we're in because we're a part of it. Um, we've grown up in it. We have generations in it at this point. Um, and so we have a very close relationship and I think we are critical of America because of our love of it. Um, because we don't know anything else. Um, we, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a true to form love hate relationship uh, because this country has done um such terrible things to our people um and has there's the level of atrocity has just been um like no other and there's never been any um re real reconciliation or really real acknowledgement of any of that right um over time and we're still fighting to get them to just acknowledge to even just see like what happens with us um but at the same time if you've never um lived in another place or whatever and some and you know there's 
now lots of movements where people are like, hey, black folks, let's leave. Let's go to this country. Let's go to that country. But most people are like, this is what I know. I understand America. I speak American English. Like, I understand the culture here. Like, they know it is their home. And so they, they feel like they want to fight for their home territory because it's like, well, our ancestors built this country. So do we just leave? Do you just, you know, how do you change something without being in it? Um, do you just leave it and just abandon it? Um, so we're 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 in an interesting time where a lot of folks are trying to deal with that because, as you said, Dr. Jones, um, people are looking at America like this is not the bee's knees. This is not whatever this experiment was, and like this these notions of democracy that y'all tried to tell us it was. It's not that, <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of problems with it. Um, but those there are quite a few folks that that are now getting in the fight more and getting in these conversations more and starting to interrogate these things. And I guess that uh, to me, that's promising. Um, and I'm sure that that's happened over history. I'm not saying that we are like the first generation for that to happen. Um, but there's something to that, that we can, that we can look to um, as we continue to try to dismantle and tear down these systems that have been built uh, that continuously try to destroy us. I, and, and I agree with, I, I agree with what Nessa said, and, and to go back to your your question, and, and maybe from my vantage point, uh, address your question too, um, uh, Greg. I would say number one, I would offer two resources that can describe the uh, tr the truth about American democracy. Right. So uh, the first resource is a podcast called uh, Seen, um, called uh, Seen. Um, Ah, it'll come to me. Um, it, but it's a scene on demand, scene, uh, scene on radio, uh, and it's it's called Scene on Radio. It's a podcast. Um, it's called Scene on Radio. So S C E N E Scene on Radio is 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 a good podcast, and their fourth season kind of describes um, the American democracy, right? And it kind of un underpins how. Um, even in the foundation of America, like the limitation of freedom, the limitation of democracy is written into the Constitution as the formulaic version, um, as the formula for actually having a stronger capital and capitalistic society. So the Constitution is to uphold a capitalistic society. It's not to uphold the constructs of freedom, right? Matter of fact, Several of the founding fathers said, guess what? We need for the people without education, the people without money to be less free so that it doesn't disturb our ability to make and keep capital and to make money, right? And so even the American experiment, if we're talking about democracy, um, I, I think it's a horrible model to model democracy after. Now, it's a great model to model capitalism after because it is a true to its very core. But in terms of uh, modeling democracy after, I agree. Like anybody in the world can look at this and see that, right? So that's one resource. The other resource that I would say is another reason it's a poor model to model democracy after um, would be there's a book by James Whitman called Hitler's American Model. Um, and basically in this particular book, Whitman literally law by law matches what Hitler did in the Third Reich, um, basically modeling their laws off of American laws and using, looking at the American model and saying, hmm, we can put this as our foundation over here and then just 
make it even stronger for what we needed to do. Those two re those two resources inform us and informs anybody that um, is looking with a critical eye that there is some problematic um, issues inside the American democracy. So when we put that in terms of success, success is a conversation about capitalism, which fits into the American model. Freedom is a conversation about true democracy, right? Which is in diametrically, is in diametric opposition to um, some of the founding documents and the founding fathers and what we want to have, especially for individuals that were seen as property inside of the writing of those original documents. And so we get into some very tricky waters where um, our freedom is then in direct opposition of the capitalism that the United States was built on. Can can we afford not to have fanatical uh, energy toward telling that truth? Can we afford can we afford to talk about um, prolonging or, or or moderating our move uh, toward that freedom by pursuing our success? Or is this something that we're going to have to make within the next within our lifetime some radical decisions to to be about the business of doing. Can we afford I, not to address this in a in, in a most urgent way? No, because we broke at this point. Talking about affordability, we we our, we pockets are pulled out of pants. We at lint, we're at, like at the lint. We don't have any more coins. We don't have any more change because we don't have any more time. Um, it, it, when you said that, it made me think of when uh, James Baldwin was like, you know talking about how much more time do you need? Because um, people are like, oh, we just haven't gotten there yet. We need to just, you know, let things play out. Rome wasn't built in a day. And they're just kind of like constantly trying to feed you this narrative of, oh, well, things will get better over time. I think that we're at a place where full force, we just have to go after what we have to go at. We have to go after true democracy um, because too many people are dying. And it's not that folks weren't dying before, um, but now in the, in the consciousness in, of our minds, we are now willing, more willing to accept, or at least I'm hoping that more people are more willing to accept that these deaths are not acceptable and that this is just, like, we just cannot live like this any longer. Are, are we at a place where you would be willing to sacrifice your success to pursue freedom? I are, think you, are you willing to, to walk away from the success mm -hmm. to embrace your ownership. Yeah. And what does and what does that look like? And this we only have a few minutes, so I'm going to ask you all to close this up for us. Go ahead, Byron. I think I think it's it's not. Are we in the position? I think we have to, and I think we have to because we even as we're trying to climb the success conversation, right? The success ladder, so to speak, right? we have to understand that just our mere presence existing in a quasi-free situation puts us in a diametric opposition to capitalism, right? And so the if we don't get fully free and we don't make that shift, what we're going to end up doing is just continue the metamorphosis of slavery 
um, that has been talked about in so many different ways, right? We talked about, um, uh, Michelle Alexander talks about in the New Jim Crow, the metamorphosis of slavery. We can see um, in Ibram Kennedy's um, book, Stamp from the Beginning, the metamorphosis of, of these versions of slavery. And so the perpetuation of a, of a slave class, right? And, and by slave class, I mean, if, if, if you're not having a livable wage, you're technically operating in a, in a, in a slave class, right? Because you're in a perpetuating cycle that will never give you social economic success, but it'll never provide you with the ability to shift to a freedom model. And so I think if we don't move at a rapid pace, if we don't take this thing urgently right now, I think we're going to fail. And we're going to fail miserably because we will not be in a position to redeem and help ourselves. Agreed. I agree with Byron. Um, I think that um, we have to make that sacrifice. And for me personally, if I were going to uh, stick with the capitalistic model of success, I definitely would not have chosen uh, sociology as a discipline of study (laughs) Uh, because, I mean, just generally, um, money is not highly associated with the liberal arts or whatever. I mean, that's why certain institutions are trying to even get rid of it because they're going more towards STEM because it's all about money. Um, But like understanding how people operate, understanding how uh, we need to help people and educate folks and, and, and set the minds free of not only my own mind, um, but the minds of others um, is a chosen path um, that doesn't always look like the successful path um, of being able to afford a whole bunch of vacations or a yacht or, you know, like whatever um, is deemed as successful in this capitalistic society. But it is a choice that I would have made three times over because my preference would be more for people to be free than for them to be successful as far as this uh, capital model is concerned. Bust up the capital. Bust it up. <laughs> I'm all wow. Well, you heard it here. This is Morning Black. We've been talking about success and freedom. And join us next week as we have another provocative topic dealing with the issues that are impacting the African American community and the entire global, global world. Thanks again for joining us at Morning Black.